Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio with us today. Now, don't forget to make a Mississippi destination vacation part of your summer plans. So head on over to visitmississippi.org and explore a little more. Now, something we can all agree on, that conserving our land is a good thing here in Mississippi. And you might be surprised at the different ways researchers right here in in our state are helping farmers be better conservationists and that is also economically beneficial. Now joining us on Good Things is Dr. Mark McConnell. He is an MSU researcher in the Forest and Wildlife Research Center and they have some exciting news. So welcome Dr. McConnell. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be fun. Okay, but first I want you to help us maybe better understand what conservation means because sometimes it feels like you just set land aside and then you don't touch it. Is that the true? Is that the case? There's a lot of different forms of conservation. There's no less than probably 20 definitions out there in the literature. When we're working in agricultural systems, what we try to think of is real simple, just using our natural resources wisely. And when it comes to agriculture, we want to integrate conservation into the agricultural system where the farmers can be more productive and more profitable. And so when we, when we talk about conservation and agricultural, sometimes we mean setting land aside. Sometimes we mean just farming a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is make sure whatever we're promoting, it's helping the farmer make more money. Well, that's always a good thing, and you got to have good land to have good crops. So I see where the two come together. But maybe help us understand what agriculture intensification is. Big words today on a Monday, Dr. McConnell. And, yeah. it's, and it's sort of impact to not only the farmer, but, but Mississippi as a whole. Yeah, so if you think about just uh, as fast as I can go through it, the agriculture has, has steadily increased over, you know, since, you know, we started farming you know, on small scale some 10,000 years ago. And then in, in, the, in the 60s, we went through what we called the Green Revolution, when we really got into synthetic fertilizers and increased use of nitrogen and pesticides and those things. And crop yields, you know, like cotton and corn and soybeans, they skyrocketed. And as a result, the human population was already growing. It grew faster. And now we've got this incredible demand on farmers to produce as much food as possible on the limited amount of acreage they've got. So agricultural intensification is just the rapid expansion of how we how intensely we farm. And that includes farming more acres, farming from one tree line to the next, no crop rotations, increased inputs, all these different things we're asking farmers to do to meet a, a rising global demand for food. And when that happens, uh, the the land is not designed to, you know, be that manage that intensively. And we end up with things like, you know, runoff from topsoil. If, you know, if you drive in any agricultural area and you, you look in a ditch after a rain, you know, it's pretty muddy, right? That's topsoil, right? That's that's the farmer's most valuable resource, and it's it's in the water now. And that ends up in our rivers and streams, things like, Fertilizers and pesticides, they end up in our stream. Some of it even ends up in the Gulf of Mexico, which, you know, makes challenging situations down there. So there's lots of downsides. The one we tend to focus on over here is the impacts to the wildlife populations. And globally, ag intensification is considered kind of the leading cause of loss of biodiversity in the country. But it's also one of those things where most of the land we've got is in agriculture, so it's a great place to work with farmers because we have a really good chance to tweak those systems to make them better for wildlife and better for everybody. And that's what y'all are trying to do there at MSU in your um, research of Forest and Wildlife uh, Center, which I think is so cool that there's even opportunities in careers for that. But we may get to that later, Dr. McConnell. So how you you and your team, I think it was you and a partner, and I'm sure others there, have created software of all things to help farmers be better conservationists. This is cool to me how science is coming to help, you know, ag, and, you know, it's all coming together. 
So how does software play in the part of helping our farmers? Yeah, it's a great question because I never planned to be a software developer, uh, it, 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 and I was definitely not trained for it. But uh, what it came down to was we recognized, me, uh, my old advisor, who's the interim dean here now, Dr. West Berger, when he hired me as a grad student, we he said, you know, look, farmers want to do – I've never met a farmer that didn't want to – manage his, his or her land in the best possible way. But there's some challenges to that. One, there are often some economic challenges to sometimes doing more environmentally friendly things. And then USDA does provide a just a ton of different conservation practices and programs to for farmers to enroll in, but they can be kind of challenging to navigate in terms of their requirements and their payments and, you know, the typical red tape we associate with, with that kind of stuff. So he had this idea and he hired me to kind of see it through and then I ended up hiring another grad student later to finish it off. So it's gone through about three generations of scientists now, but the idea was to create software that kind of helped a farmer visualize where conservation could fit on their farm and where the economic opportunities were the greatest. For example, where a farmer may have a part of a field that's very low yielding, very low production, doesn't make a lot of money or any money off that part of the field, could we find that overlap between economic opportunities and conservation opportunities and then be able to help a farmer do a do a essentially a financial simulation that says, "Hey, this program from USDA pays this many dollars per acre, you're currently making this many dollars per acre." Where, let's find areas where you can make more money in conservation and try to integrate those into your farming system. So it's and like an assessment, like a big assessment, right? Like you would go out. Is. Okay, so what kind of data would the farmer be putting into the software? Because when I'm thinking of software, you know, I think of, I'm not sure, you know, where my mind would go with that. But it feels like you're putting in all this information and then it's spitting out maybe gener- generating um, information. So what kind of data would a farmer put into this type of software? The number one piece of data we rely on is what we call yield monitor data. So now almost all combines, you know, which are what harvests the crops, they come with a GPS unit and a system involved that measures the flow of grain through the system and then drops a point uh, on, on a computer, like a GPS unit, and says, okay, for corn, for example, on this point, you were cutting 150 bushels per acre of corn. On this point, you may have been cutting 50 bushels per acre on corn. That yield data... Uh, is it all falls under the category of precision agriculture, which is just farming smarter, equipment to farm smarter. We get that yield data, and we put that into the computer, and it's the farmers. They've collected it, so you know it's their data. They give it to us. We put it in the computer. We ask them how much they're paying per acre to farm certain crops, and then we have all the conservation practices in one of USDA's most successful programs, which is called the Conservation Reserve Program. We have all the economics and all the math, all that built into the software, so all the farmer needs to give us the yield data and how much they're spending on it, and we pretty much do the rest, or the software does the rest, and then it, it outputs them two primary things. The first one is a map. They can pick a practice. Let's say they're interested in a species I work on, which is bobwhite quail. There's a specific practice in USDA that allows you to take field uh, the edges of field out of production and plant them in, in, in vegetation for quail, and it, of course, has payments and things associated with it. So we can show them where on their farm that practice fits, and then if they have the yield data, we can actually compare the economics of if they enrolled it over long term and say, hey, on average, if you do this, based off the yield data you've given us, you may make $40 more per acre. You may make $60 more per acre. You may not make any more money, and in that case, I would not recommend it. Uh, but it, it allows us to help the farmer make an informed financial decision that is conservation-driven. That's the big thing that's been missing is farmers never knew what the economic outcomes of conservation decisions would be, and we've tried to provide that so they can feel good about their decisions and make decisions that help them make more money. So it sounds like you're taking it out of the the farmer doesn't have to throw conservation noodles at the wall and see what sticks, which I'm assuming could be very costly if they made the wrong decision, and wrong may, may not be the right word when you're talking about conservation, but, but a financially, you know, poor decision that in, impacts the rest of their, you know, their institution. Well, first of all, I'm going to steal your sticking a noodle to the wall analogy. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm writing that down as we speak. Uh, but, yes, what, the last thing, you know, obviously conservation is good for everybody, and we all want more of it. But the last thing I ever want is a farmer to lose money on conservation. So I never recommend a conservation practice that's going to reduce revenue. Uh, so what I would hate for is for a farmer to do it 
know, and there's a great conservation outcome to it. Everyone wins there, but I'd hate for the farmer to lose money on it, or I'd hate for the farmer to miss some opportunities to make more money if there's parts of a farm or a field that are he could actually he or she could actually make more money on. So yeah, this just gives us a way to show the farmer where the best economic opportunities are and where conservation you know, fits in there so they can, like I said, we just want them to be able to make an informed decision. Well, and, and so is this software that was created by you and your partners there at MSU, is it something that they the farmer goes on and downloads into their own computer and then sort of does the data work, or is this something where they're going to come to MSU and get assistance and support and utilize the software there at your facilities? Before you answer that question, Dr. Mark, stick with us. We, we'll get to that after the break. Coming up next here on Good Things. Understands what gets me. She thinks my track to sexy. She thinks my track to sexy. She thinks my track to sexy. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Gallo here for the professionals at Watkins Construction and Roofing. I got to know these guys over the summer when just about everybody in the neighborhood replaced roofs from a spring storm. To keep a small roof problem from getting bigger, call the pros that can find damage the untrained eye can't. Watkins Construction and Roofing, the state's largest roofer. And there's a simple reason for that, customer satisfaction. Get a free inspection and they won't ask for upfront deposits. 601-966-8233, WatkinsConstructionInc.com. Join the American Heart Association for the 2021 HeartVall Digital Experience on Thursday, April 8th. Experience all the fun from home and help in the fight against heart disease. Register at event.gives slash JXNHeartVall. If your vehicle is ever damaged in a collision, please listen carefully. At Clinton Body Shop, we are OEM factory certified with more than 20 national and international manufacturers. In fact, we are Central Mississippi's only Volvo certified auto body repair shop, and we are the first BMW certified independent repair facility in the southern region. And our Richland location is Mississippi's only Subaru certified repair facility. Look, if some of the most prestigious automakers in the world certify Clinton, Clinton Body Shop, shouldn't you choose them for your repair? Clinton Body Shop in Clinton and Richland. Certified by the company that made your car to repair your car with OEM factory parts. Go to ClintonBodyShop.com. It's about your family's safety and your car's value. That's ClintonBodyShop.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Garden Mama here to ask, what about your trees? Hmm? Everybody like me who has big trees in their landscape needs a tree service, and mine is Matthew's Tree Service, the metro area's oldest residential tree service. They're licensed, insured, and ready to consult with you about damaged trees and healthy ones, too. Listen to your mama now and call Matthew's for free estimates in the greater Jackson metro area. Call 601-316-8584. Matthew's Tree Service. Mississippi comes to talk. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. is not running low on the unique places to visit from staycations to weekend getaways you can find it all over at visitmississippi.org we're learning more from dr mark mcconnell he is an msu researcher in the forest and wildlife research center and they have developed the msu precision conservation tool which is a decision-making software that is helping farmers find the most economical beneficial practice for conservation on their land which i think is pretty cool but i would left you dr mcconnell with the question, is this something where the farmers will come to MSU and get support with this particular software bringing their data, or will it be something that they can just incorporate into their, you know, their computers on their farm and roll with it year after year? That's a great question. Uh, Yeah, a very technically savvy farmer absolutely could, but the the kind of model we envision is the the crop consultants, the the farm, what they call farm bill biologists with groups like Ducks Unlimited and Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever around the country, the ones who are, whose job is to work with farmers to help them enroll in conservation. There's a, there's a bunch of biologists out there in the country from multiple organizations and state agencies that, that that's their job. Our goal is to get it in their hands and uh, let them work with the farmers to do it. However, the farmers could do it uh, if, if, they, if they wanted to. And then we're also trying to get the ag industry, uh, groups like John Deere, and, and, and so we're trying to get them in, in, engaged in it as well as they've shown some interest in, in making more sustainable agriculture, agricultural movements. And uh, so, yeah, there's no limit to who could use it, but uh, we typically envision it being in the hands of a, of a biologist who's going to work with the farmer. How exciting is it there at MSU? Dr. McConnell, you mentioned this is maybe the third generation, maybe not literally, but physically speaking, that this software has sort of gone through to be, you know, worked out the kinks or figure out the details to make it, you know, usable. I mean, what's it like to finally get something that's that shows promise? It is an incredible feeling for me as, as Dr. Berg and I started this, and I joked with my grad students that when, when it first got to where it would run, Dr. Berger and I were doing all the steps manually, and so the, the software really just automated things he and I were already doing and made it faster. And the first time it ran, I got so excited. I, I can remember my grad student at the time; he, he could, he just, he thought something was wrong with me because I was jumping up and getting down and, and screaming because I'd waited at that point, I think, five years to get the thing to, to to do what he had made it do. And so, yeah, it's very exciting. I've got three graduate students here at Mississippi State using the software for their research, and um, we're hoping to get it deployed, and, and it's copyrighted now, so we're hoping to get it deployed and in the hands of, of the people who can get the most use out of it very soon. Well, I think you also bring up a good point, like what research means when we talk about uh, making agriculture, you know, coming into the 21st century, being also um, conservation-friendly, also being economical, having to think that 1%, I think it is, of the world's population tries to feed the other 99. They're going to need all that help they can get and it's not always you know soil testing or fertilizers or all this other stuff there's a wealth of research like software that can make farming better or or i would assume so um so how exciting is that to at least get out the word that there are other skills that can be used in agriculture research other than just a farmer it's very exciting. I said, like I said, most farmers want to be good conservationists, and this what we're what we're hoping is this software gives them the, the the necessary tools to allow them to try to channel their inner conservationist anyway, because now they can they can visualize some things they couldn't visualize before uh, because they didn't have the the, the computing ability. Uh, the, we didn't have the software that could do it could show them these things. So yeah, it's very exciting and it integrates well with a lot of the different movements in what we call regenerative agriculture or sustainable agriculture that's taken place around the US, especially in the upper Midwest, but also down here in, you know, Mississippi. Like I said, Mississippi has been on the forefront of ag conservation research for the last twenty five years and it's nice to keep pushing that and have graduate students working on it and hopefully get them in really good jobs in the field so they can promote the mission and the, the skills they've obtained here at MSU. Dr. McConnell, not everyone listening to Good Things maybe grew up in a farm family. Sometimes, even though we don't consider ourselves city folks, even at the most city or urban level here in Mississippi, we are. We can be removed from the farm. How many families does this or farms does this potentially help impact here in Mississippi? 
Wow, yeah, Mississippi is is an enormously important agriculture is enormously important to Mississippi's economy. Uh, I think it's somewhere around thirty five thousand farms in Mississippi. And it's around ten million acres, and that's farms of all kinds. But it's it's a huge part. It's definitely one of the leading. Uh, industries for our economy and it covers a lot of the land base and if you've ever driven through the delta you know it's it's not hard to imagine how important agriculture is to to the state and like i said it's it's enormous and what we're trying to do is help farmers when some years farmers do really well when the crop price is all aligned and the rainfall is really good and some years you know that the, the weather and the global markets really make it challenging for them what we're trying to do is take the you know the worst land they've got make it more profitable so they can spend most of their time farming the best land they've got and and get a payment for doing so. Sounds like a win-win to me, for sure. That's the phrase we use. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever you think about conservation, though, you think about some of the species or the wildlife that maybe have suffered from that agriculture intensification or just modern-day living. I love it when I learn new vocabulary words, Dr. McConnell. (laughs) Um, um, But let's talk about the Bob White or the Bob White quail. I think I'm getting that right, which is right up your alley. How has some of these modern-day practices maybe affected their habitat or, you know, their numbers here in Mississippi? That's a great question. So bobwhite quail have been declining since about the late 1890s. We didn't really start counting it until the mid-60s, and they've experienced over an 80% decline across their range, which is, you know, you know, 25-plus states in the country. They used to be, they were called the prince of the game birds. They were the, one of the most popular uh, birds to hunt in, in the United States. And and it wasn't just agriculture, but a lot of their range does include agriculture, both in row crops and in, you know, grazing systems. And a lot of things have happened. You know, the intensification used to, you'd have these fence rows that kind of separated farms or property lines, and, you know, those are mostly gone. And, farm you know, we farm from one tree line to the next, and farm size has gotten bigger all these all these things just took out those small little fragments of habitat that that quail really liked and then of course if you look at like in the in the cattle industry most of what our cows graze on now are things like tall fescue and bermuda grass these are exotic forage grasses that aren't native to the u.s and they're great for you know keeping cows happy but they're really bad for for wildlife especially ground dwelling birds like quail and other grassland birds so Bobwhite are kind of just the, what we use as the indicator. You know, they're, they 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 demonstrate patterns that a lot of grassland birds have, have experienced, which is a, a large decline. Grassland birds are the largest declining group of wildlife in the world, and and bobwhite are just kind of the indicator of that. The, I heard someone one time call them the canary on the prairie, and and the idea there is if you're hearing bobwhite singing somewhere in Mississippi, you're doing something right. If you're not hearing them somewhere, you know there's more that can be done. Well, there's a lot uh, going right there at MSU at the research center, as well as just in conservation efforts across the state. With our farm families. But you mentioned hunting, and I think our Good Things listeners, particularly those that enjoy the sport of hunting, um, would be interested or surprised by your particular hunting partner. Can you tell us who goes out and hunts with you, Dr. McConnell? Yeah, I hunt with a standard poodle. She's a red standard poodle, which, you know, brings a, she, she attracts a lot of attention out in the field. And, uh, but I've got no regrets and she's been one of the best hunting partners I've ever had. And, uh, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about them. So is there something specific to that breed or was she just your pup and then you just wanted to take her along with dad or how did no, that happen? No, I, I, my wife, uh, was allergic to dander and pet hair and dust and you know i, I wanted a labrador it's what i grew growing up hunting with and training and and my, my hunting dogs are spoiled rotten you know they sleep in the bed with us and that was a not going to happen with with her allergies so she, i started looking for a breed that didn't shed and i stumbled across it and um started talking to some breeders and turns out there was at the perfect timing there was a movement in this country at the time to kind of bring poodles back to hunting they were originally bred as a hunting dog in europe they're actually a german breed they get associated with france a lot but they're actually a german breed and they they were bred for hunting and then you know that kind of dissipated in the u.s for a while but there was a group of people at the time trying to breed them back to to hunting and i got in early when that was happening and she's 10 years old now and starting to slow down but uh yeah she's they're they're tremendous hunting dogs and and like I said once you have a non-shedding dog in the house it'll ruin you. So. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> as well as I'm sure if farmers listening to good things can find ways to make all of their crop uh, profitable that's a, that is probably an amen as well. So if someone was listening and wants to learn more about the precision tool that you guys or software you guys have come up with the conservation tool uh, Dr. McConnell how can they get more information? 
So uh, they can contact me at Mississippi State, and I think the we just had an article come out that um, has my information on it. That uh, that's the best way to get a hold of us, and then very soon we'll be uh, we'll be releasing it in one form or another. But yeah, the, and then short term, just contacting me at Mississippi State is the you know, they can Google me and find me quite easily. Well, congratulations on your accomplishment. I know it was a team effort. It's really cool to know that this kind of stuff is coming right out of our great state and in helping our farm family. So I thank you for your time. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a good one. All right. You guys stick with us. We're going to talk more good things coming up next. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today's sunny skies, high near 78. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 53. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 81. Tuesday evening, partly cloudy, low around 62. Wednesday, 40% chance of rain, high near 82. And for Thursday, 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 80 degrees. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at NoDripMS.com. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. This is Allison Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Gluckstadt, just south of Germantown High, Calloway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful, from trees, shrubs, and color plants to bulk soils for delivery and pickup. Calloway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2021 collections in stock and arriving. Our farmer's market is open, full of fresh fruits, vegetables, and local honey, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's will have farm fresh produce seven days a week. Callaway's offers bulk soils for delivery and pickup. We also offer landscaping and our designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. From a small job to total transformations, just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaway's in Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. People are angry these days, but you don't have to be. Let's get 2021 started right, because somebody out there needs your help. At Gateway Rescue Mission, your donation can provide a meal. Your prayer can unlock the power of God to change a life. If we spend more time praying and less time fussing, we can help some people. Go to gatewaymission.org. Make a donation and help change your life today. When the power goes out, your life is disrupted. Heat, air conditioning, refrigeration, phones, all gone. Be prepared for the next outage with a Generac Home Standby Generator. After sensing a power outage, a Generac Generator automatically restores your home's power, whether you're home or away. Power your life with a Generac Home Standby Generator. In Central Mississippi, contact Generator Technologies at 601-862-3419. That's 601-862-3419 or online at generator-tec.com. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The polls will be open at 7 tomorrow morning for municipal primary elections. Secretary of State Michael Watson has a few reminders. Make sure you take your ID. Uh, Voter ID has been a smashing success here in Mississippi, returning voter confidence to the system. Uh, So I encourage you to do that. And if you're not sure where you're going to go vote, please call your municipal clerks to make sure you understand which poll location you're to show up at on Election Day. The science surrounding the COVID vaccine is still evolving. 
But what we know is that these vaccines are highly effective, but not 100%, you know, 96, 97%, um, not 100%. So we will see some cases of people who do get coronavirus after having been vaccinated. But Dr. Luann Woodward says patients who do get the virus after getting the shots aren't as likely to become critically ill. I'm Kelly Bennett. Concerts at Renaissance are back live Saturday, April 24th, starring the Almond Betts Band. With G Love and Special Sauce. Taz Meter Hour, Cedric Burnside, The Vamps, and more. It's a full day of music presented by Wicked Wheat Brewery for this socially distanced concert. Listen carefully. Tickets are on sale now at Ardenland.net. Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are here. From Nukes Eatery, Renaissance at Colony Park, and First Commercial Bank. Tickets are on sale now. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group and Ardenland. In a world full of noise. Devastating the latest news. Finding information that matters to you can be overwhelming. That's why Super Talk is here. Here we go. To filter through the noise, to cut through the clutter, to deliver real information and discuss how it affects you. You'll know what's important and why it matters when you listen to Super Talk Mississippi. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. So many good things, good places for you and your family to eat, stay, or play. Why don't you go to visitmississippi.org to explore a little more. And Super Talk will be on a move this week. You've got on Thursday, Sports Talk Mississippi will be at the Sports Book at the Pearl River Resorts Golden Moon Casino for the start of the Masters. So you can head up there, grab a snack, place a wager for your favorite player, and download the new Pearl River Resorts Sports Book app. But that's Sports Talk Mississippi at the Sports Book at Pearl River Resorts Golden Moon Sports Lounge. Thursday. And Rhino? Book it to the sports book and book it on sports. <laughs> this is really, you know, it's all about sports. There you go. But it's coming up. Um, sports talk will come up next from three to six after good things, but they will be there on Thursday. Now, what goes with uh, good sports is good barbecue, but that's coming up on Friday. You've got the JT show with Gerard Gibbert will be live. Friday in Pike County as we get ready for the 10th annual Smoking on the Tracks Barbecue Cook-Off in Summit. So there'll be great food, there'll be some live music, an antique car show, and more benefiting the volunteers, volunteer fire department. So that's the JT Show on Friday at Smoking on the Tracks, brought to you by Scenic Rivers Development Alliance, Southwest Distributors, Mississippi Ag, and Giant Bag. So you can listen online at supertalk.fm. You can watch the show at Super Talk TV, or you can always tune in on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Here on Good Things, though, we like to also connect with you when we're not joining you here on weekdays from 2 to 3 over on the Good Things Facebook group. And I thought we would play a little bit of catch up um, today. We had some fun over the Easter holiday looking at some of the great decorations that were in our governor's mansion, as well as coming up with our bunny names. If you need a, a good laugh, you can go back and find that. But if you scroll back down just a little bit, I can't remember which day it was, but we got to chatting on there and it just never made it here. But it was such a good question. I thought we should not let it slip us by. Is what's the most favorite thing that you had to give up because you grew too old for it? Now, now, we shouldn't have a mentality that we are too old for anything. We should always have fun 
and we should seize life. And I was reminded how important it is to still act like a child, even as an adult from time to time, with our um, Easter egg hunt at the house this past weekend. Many of you and your families took to took to the backyards or maybe to the church and hid those Easter eggs. And those are all fun and dandy to watch the kids sort of get out there and strategize and then count the eggs and get back out there and all the things. The most fun to watch are the, you know, the competitive balls to the wall adult egg hunts that usually have cash involved or some form of, you know, good prize in the golden egg or whatever it may be. And you can get the biggest chuckle watching grown people chase around plastic or whatever eggs because you still have that competitive excitement side of you. So so we shouldn't give them up. But then there are just some of the good things of our good old childhood days that, you know, age just sort of takes its toll and we just either can't or shouldn't uh, do it anymore. So we're sort of thinking in that route today. So the C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. Again, just tell us what was something you just so enjoyed doing when you were a young lad or young girl or maybe even, you know, tween age, teenage years. But, you know, where you sit now, you just hadn't been able to do it in a while. And you kind of miss doing it. So what, what would it be for you, Rhino? Well, the first thing that came to mind was college girls, but... Then I thought of He-Man, and I say that because it's something I thoroughly enjoyed growing up watching as a kid, That the, the cartoon He-Man. But then I found the, the five best episodes ever on a DVD, and I'm thinking, oh, this will be great. It'll be like a trip down, down memory lane. It'll be, n- be nostalgic. And I popped it in, and I could barely get through the first one because it – didn't age real well, and it is not for anybody above the age of about six. So you just it just lost that it luster. It just wasn't fun. It just wasn't fun for you anymore. Abe says jumping on the trampoline with the kids is very quickly becoming something that I shouldn't do. I have aged out of. We've all had that fun of jumping and wild and free, but you do. There's this turning point. I'm not sure exactly where it is on the spectrum and it's different for everyone and their physical fitness abilities but we will all grow maybe a little too old to climb up there and bounce around and cannonball it with uh, some of the some of the youngsters but mary lou i feel you staying up late i used to so enjoy you know everybody going to bed staying up late watching you know, movies or just getting lost in, in whatever it was on TV long before you could get lost on the Internet, at, you know, as a young age. And there was something that felt wild and free about doing that. And you could get up and you could go about your day and it was fine. You didn't need all the extra sleep. But, man, if I don't get to bed around the same-ish hour anymore, get the same-ish amount of sleep it where you just not as just you just can't do it anymore and it's not as fun like the staying up late part isn't as fun anymore you're going to differ with that rhino because you're more of a night owl a little bit yeah but you get sort of the the same sort of gist of it oh yeah i mean i, I don't really enjoy staying up and and losing those hours of sleep like i used to but i do still enjoy those those nights when i don't have anything the next day or i've got a couple days off and I can stay up till 2 in the morning just binge-watching something, I still get enjoyment out of that. But that's only because I know I can sleep in the next day and not have to sacrifice those hours of sleep to do it. So Thomas replied to your, you said dating college girls. You have outgrown that. I've gotten too old for that. You've gotten too old for that. But Thomas says he's gotten too old for dating older women. So I guess (laughs) (laughs) then that goes for, for... Ladies too, whichever route you want to you want to go, but you get to an age where your pool of of subjects needs to go with you. Well, considering I was driving other. when the freshmen in college were born, yeah, it's just weird. Well, we'll leave it at that. If you're just tuning in with us here on Good Things, we are just reminiscing. What are those favorite things that you had to give up because you grew too old for it? Not too mature for it. That's not it. But just kind of outgrew it. Boyd says water skiing, snow skiing, primitive camping. He said it was so much fun, you know, when when taking a hit on the water was you could bounce right back. But you just become a certain age where that might not be the best idea. And then you have to shift to enjoying watching 
your grandchildren or your children or sort of others take part in that. And I think, too, part of this conversation is seize the opportunities while you still have them, because at one at some point, we're all going to age out of the activities that we love the most or they're going to have to be different. Right. I still feel like Boyd could get himself into a tube out there. I was about to say with with primitive camping. Yeah. When you think of primitive camping, you think of pitching a a simple tent and you got a sleeping bag. You just lay it on the ground and and you you go about your rat killing. But you can still primitive camp with a portable cot with a pad that they, they make those pads nowadays where you just sit there with a little pump and it pumps it up. And it's like two and a half inches thick. And it's an air mattress that can roll up into about the size of a baseball. You get to an age where you have earned the right to take some cushion with you while you are camping. You have earned the right to take an RV or a pop-up camper or stay in a hotel for and all that matters. it's not like a couple generations ago where you think of an army cot as this solid steel thing that weighs 40 pounds. Nowadays, they've got them that are pretty sturdy, pretty durable, and they don't weigh all that much. That is true. That is true. Scotty says playing softball. I played for about 20 years, and I just can't now for various reasons. But that's true. You just get to an age where you may still get out there and hit the ball with the kids or catch or whatever it may be, but putting that intensity on your body to play a full game or a tournament would, you know, at some point, you know, Mother Nature or Mother Time takes, takes its toll on us all. And we just don't get to do those things that, you know, we once just fully enjoyed. So, And sometimes it's physiological. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of in, in childhood, if you had a, a particular candy or sweet or dessert or something that you really enjoyed, like if you really liked pecan pie, there, there's a part of your life where you could seriously eat the whole thing and you might feel a little upset stomach but it would not be world ending but physiologically it's at about the same time your bones stop growing your body produced or handles sugar differently so if you sat there and after your bones are stopped growing and you eat that whole pie you are going to be physically ill oh if you if you approach the easter bunny basket like your eight-year-old did the way your body handles that is two totally different scenarios. Same way with if you finally get children of the age that can go have a beer with you, you can't hang with your 21-year-old. You can't. Don't even try. Not that I have one yet. I'm just saying. I've seen it happen. <laughs> We're going to continue this conversation and a few more good things coming up next. Tom, looks like you're a few guys short today. Yeah, one's been out with the flu, another is at the ER, and Lydia at the office has a sick child. Where's Randy? Another contractor offered benefits. You should call New Care MD. They offer full-service medical care, flat monthly rates. Your guys and their families get same-day appointments and minor emergency service. Contact New Care MD at NewCareMD.com today to learn more about how you can provide affordable direct primary care to your employees. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Once again, our Second Amendment rights are under attack by a group of Washington politicians. Right now, we have a large selection of ARs and other popular self-defense firearms in stock. We also have a good supply of ammunition at the best prices in the area. Finally, many of you have asked me if my wife Jane had a problem with me talking about her on our commercials. She must like them because the other day she complimented me. She said I had the perfect face for radio. I hope to see you soon at the range. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. 
called Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink and trebles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. It's a madness sale. We're back on the lot. The deals are astounding. Really? Stop the noise. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. It's what they're all about. Come see Steve Owen and the friendly staff and find a quality pre-owned vehicle with financing available and a warranty. Pinnacle Motors on Highway 463 in Brandon at the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. This is the closing agri market report. At the close, New York Cotton Exchange, May Cotton was down seven to seventy-seven eighty-eight. July Cotton was down nine to seventy-nine eighteen. At the close of the Chicago Board of Trade, May soybeans were up ten and three quarters to fourteen twelve and three quarters per bushel. July soybeans were up eight and three quarters to fourteen oh five and a half per bushel. May corn was down six and a half to five fifty three and a quarter per bushel. July corn was down six cents to five thirty nine and a quarter per bushel. At the Mercantile, June live cattle was up 187 to 124.42. August live cattle was up 177 to 123.30. May feeders up 255 to 151.77. August feeders up 215 to 160.15. At this hour, Dow Jones is up 393 points, 33,546. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network. This is Jake Mangum. Some call me the mayor. No player wins any game by themselves. It takes a team. So if you want excellent customer service and competitive insurance rates, you need to go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau, just like I did. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. As a farmer, I want a cooperative that's there for me. Not the other way around. A local co-op that works for me and works with CHS. To connect me with local experts I know and trust. And put a global network of markets and supply at my fingertips. A co-op that's here to help us. Own every day. When you're an owner of a local cooperative connected to CHS, you get local expertise, a proven efficient supply chain, and global market access. Learn more at cooperativeownership.com. Real talk for real Mississippians. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. delay on planning a Mississippi adventure in 2021. You can head on over to visitmississippi.org and learn a little more. But if you're looking for an adventure in Mississippi, you got a few coming up. Don't forget the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert will be live on Friday in Pike County as they get ready for the 10th annual Smoking on the Tracks Barbecue Cook-Off in Summit. And it's brought to you by Scenic Rivers Development Alliance, Southwest Distributors, Mississippi Ag, and Gigantic Bags. That's going to be a fun day. And then we've got music coming to Mississippi. Concerts are returning and the weather is glorious for it. And Saturday, April the 24th at the Renaissance at Colony Park in Ridgeland, you can catch the Almond Betts Band, Cedric Burnside, and more as they take the stage for the Twilight Concert Series. So you can get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or by visiting Ardenland.net. But we hope you've taken some time to visit the Good Things Facebook group today. We're catching up, so if you do go, you'll have to scroll down a little bit to find um, the feed that we are talking from. But we're just reminiscing on things that we used to just truly enjoy, but just time and, you know, life got in the way, and maybe we're just not able to do those anymore. And I had an idea. It's, it's one that if you've been struggling to come up with something that you've you've aged out of, I think I've got one that's pretty much universal for everybody above, say eight, nine years old, and that is playing with a giant rainbow parachute. 
Ah, oh, but they're fun. Those were so much fun in, in PE in elementary school where you got 50 kids and you're all doing you put crazy. in the middle. Oh, yeah. Ah. And then you push it up and then everybody climbs under it and sits on it and you're in this little tent. Man, adults should totally bring that back as like group building activities. Whatever first date, I don't know. I just wonder was was there a parachute salesman that had a whole bunch of the rainbow parachutes that just weren't selling, and decided to go on a tour of schools or or what? Because it seems like everybody I've talked to everybody had one had that experience in elementary school at some point, and they would utilize it to get the wiggles. You would make the waves and all the cool things um, in that way. I got tickled with one, um, Lisa. She says, "Milk duds. My dental work won't support it anymore." So you do. You you mentioned, uh, you know, Rhino things that we used to could eat or enjoy. And for those of us who have had children, us mamas, there are certain things that pre baby did not give you indigestion. Post baby or like during gestation and post baby, you just can't handle them the same way you used to. For me, it's onions and bananas. I have never burped more onions and bananas until after my first daughter than I ever did the first thirty something years of my life. No idea what what transpired during those 40 weeks but just they're just i used to enjoy them raw in all the different ways talking about onions i just can't do it anymore or i'm going to pay for it i may do it but then i pay for it after this is a bit of a generational thing but if you're of our generation or younger you probably remember these or if you have kids that are our age or younger i don't know how long they've been around before us but the giant pixie stick where that was that was a landmark that was something you would save your your quarters and your dollars and hope you had enough when it was time to go to the, the baseball tournament or something to get a giant pixie stick now and that was i can't wait to get it and i'm going to eat all of it and nowadays i don't think i can have more than about a couple inches of it oh no it's just not the same you're right it's just it's it doesn't well, one, once you get, there's something about two education. Once you know better, you do better. And then the mental or the knowledge of it takes away some of the enjoyment of it. Like when you realize what's in hot dogs, you know, you just look at them differently. You may still eat them, but not with the same gusto as you did at five, six, seven or or eight. So sometimes when we get a little too educated, you know, beyond our britches, it, it can tend to not make those things as fun as fun either but that doesn't mean that we can't still again live vicariously through the other generations and those around us like so many of us also did this past weekend watching kids just get absolutely thrilled over hunting eggs or looking for you know the easter bunny or whatever you know that may be someone mentioned competing in jujitsu now he lives vicariously or she through through his children i would assume there's an age that you age out of that particular sport when it becomes maybe maybe you could still do some of the movements and the stretches and the idea of it but going all in yeah when when sparring when the soreness from sparring lasts into the next week you start to have to think about giving it up yeah yep and i think again the reminder here on good things is take time for those fun things that you enjoy now because it will all come an age where that ends and that stops. Like Larry and Jackson on the ceasefire text line. This one kind of hurts my soul a little bit. The hottest hot wings. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. Nope. You're smarter because of it, too. You look at it and go, oh, I'd love to, but no, thank you. I'll go but with they're the so good. But they're so good. Until they're not. That is how I feel about onions. <laughs> they're good until they're not. But you guys are always great, and you've got more good content coming up next with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. But Rhino and I will be back tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.